0: Welcome to Coach Hub's Spark Leadership Podcast, a platform devoted to exploring the future of work through coaching and behavioral change. This season, we'll be sharing in-depth conversations with some of the world's brightest psychologists, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, and thought leaders. We'll cover hot business topics such as organizational transformation, women in leadership, and navigating work in today's market. I'm your host, Kate Lismer, learning and content developer at CoachHub. I'm also a certified narrative therapist dedicated to understanding the role of story in helping others transform, heal, and achieve their potential. Today, I will be speaking with Valeria Carillo Piccolino, a psychologist, coach, and senior behavioral scientist with Coach Hub. Valeria has more than 10 years of experience in HR learning and people development, both as an HR representative and as a consultant, trainer, and coach. She also has expertise in the area of coaching during career transitions, as well as women in leadership and diversity management. Valeria's new ebook, Supporting Women Leaders Through the Employee Life Cycle, was just released by CoachHub on International Women's Day. How to best support women throughout their careers is still a critical topic to discuss because, despite many notable steps in the right direction, women still face inequity, particularly in the workplace. Women are still underrepresented in top leadership roles globally and are on average still paid less than their male colleagues. Thankfully, many organizations are examining their practices for actionable ways to level the playing field to give women not just equal, but equitable opportunities, including access to professional coaching. Valeria, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kate. I'm super excited to be here. So from your research, as well as your own professional experience, what are some of the most challenging headwinds that women face in leadership today? So, Kate, thank you for this question. Obviously, the answer is complex,
1: but uh, let me give you an highlight on what are the challenges of an ideal woman in a company. Okay, so let's imagine our protagonist. Uh, We can give her the name of Sarah pretty common name. And let's imagine Sarah has studied engineering. So she is one of the few engineer women in society. The first challenge that she might have found on on her path is that just a few women were role models for them in this field. The majority of the classmates, the professors, the business leaders that she was aiming to become one day are males. At the same time, uh, Sarah might have found a challenge when applying for a position in a company because the majority of candidates, especially in tech, especially in the so-called STEM uh, roles, um, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, are males. This is not valid only for STEM topics, but it's valid also for roles in leadership. So still in 2023, uh, we know that the majority of senior leaders' positions are covered by men, as highlighted by Global Gender Gap Report.
0: So, Valeria, this sort of illustrates the your work around all these different phases of the employee life cycle. And you're talking about this entry point and the inequity that women face before they even start their career. I wonder what what interferences that you've also uh, researched are intercepting women as they progress, or what is holding women back from progressing in their careers? So when a
1: woman enters in a company where there hasn't been an intentional effort towards creating an inclusive environment, there are a few challenges. You're talking about progressing in the career. One of the challenge is that, for example, women very often are judged in slightly different ways. Uh, There is a phenomenon called role congruity. So how much am I, as a woman, respecting the stereotype on what is expected from a woman. If I am really adherent to this stereotype, I might be perceived as not uh, enough ready for a leadership role, for example, because women are often considered soft. But if I'm instead not adherent to this stereotype, I might be considered aggressive or bossy while uh, a man on the same Behaviors is judged as confident or uh, showing leadership skills. So, there are, let's say, two measures to consider the same behaviors and attitudes coming from men or coming from women. And this influences strongly the progression in career and how confident women feel themselves in a leadership role or anyway progressing. In a, in a company.
0: Right. And I'm glad you brought up confidence because there's a really interesting portion of your paper on this. And I wonder if you could speak a little bit to the relevance of how confidence is perceived and also how a woman internalizes confidence to make this progression.
1: Yeah. So uh, it's interesting because very often women can, let's say, contribute, especially if the context is not inclusive, to sabotaging themselves in their career progression. How? Uh, One big point is their self-awareness on the strengths that they can bring in a certain role. If they lack self-awareness on what are the strengths and how to develop these strengths into talents, Obviously, they will tend to consider themselves as imposters. This is called imposter syndrome, is when we attribute our successes to luck instead of merit or skills. So one crucial aspect in self-confidence is the possibility for the woman, and I would say ideally for everyone, to bring their authentic self in the workplace. The more I can bring my authentic self, the more I can feel confident for who I am and develop myself within that context. So um, the vicious cycle happens when the woman feels forced to replicate a model or a leadership model that is not really matching her own personality, her own mindset, attitudes, And therefore, they lack of self-confidence in trying to reproduce this model that is not really authentic, that is not really representing themselves.
0: Right. That makes a lot of sense that instead of holding themselves to these uh, stereotypical standards of what a woman should be or what a male leader should be, it's about cultivating um, an authentic leadership style
1: Yes, totally. And um, here is really interesting to remember what uh, does it mean to be really confident? You know, it's really to be able to act uh, in agreement with your own values, uh, to feel confident on the fact that you are able to reach a certain result. So this is the concept of self-efficacy. This plays a huge, huge role in performance, So the more I will feel that I'm able to reach a certain result, the more
0: I'm likely to reach it for real. That's right. This actually brings me to my next topic. One of the points in your guidebook touches on the subject that can be a little scary for people, and that is feedback. So for a number of reasons, it's hard for women to receive accurate feedback at work. And this can have the unintentional effect of stalling their career trajectory. I wonder what are some of the reasons women don't always get accurate feedback and what can HR leaders do to ensure this isn't happening in their workplace?
1: So Kate, it's interesting because for feedback, there are two polls that are both uh, not helping uh, women to, to evolve. One poll is the situation in which a woman actually receives a feedback, but the feedback is not gender neutral. Just to give you an example, women that are acting as a counter stereotype can be judged as aggressive, bossy, too assertive. Men are instead judged as uh, confident, demonstrating leadership skills and assertive in a positive way. So this is the type of feedback that doesn't really stick to the behavior and is not helping the person to find solutions to improve, but is judging uh, same attitude with gender bias. So if you are interested in discovering more about this first poll, there is an interesting research uh, from Stanford University by Kieran Snyder that is actually uh, analyzing performance reviews of both women and men in tech, And uh, Professor Snyder discovered that women were receiving more negative feedback based on personality traits rather than exact behaviors, and that these personality traits were interpreted in light of gender. The other extreme is the one in which instead women receive less feedback than men. This has been again studied by a research in um, publishing an interesting Harvard Business Review. So either they receive less feedback or it's less actionable, and um, this is really connected in how much their manager really believe in their ability to succeed in a senior role. So obviously, a feedback that is not actionable, not constructive, not practical, doesn't lead to a change in behavior or mindset.
0: I wonder, do you have any examples of how organizations have made systemic changes to counter this effect of stereotype uh, bias or other inequities in the workplace? So there are various initiatives that
1: companies have undertaken to counterbalance the stereotypes and biases in the workplace. First of all, we have to remember that biases are often playing at an unconscious level. So we all have biases, just we are not aware of them. From one side, one action that many have run was to train people, train people on becoming aware of their unconscious biases, recognizing that they have them and that they play a huge role, especially in people decisions like hiring, promoting, assigning uh, strategic workshops. The training itself is important, but it's not enough. So the companies that have best worked on this have also mixed a huge uh, work at a so-called hard level. It means, for example, making sure that the hiring process is gender neutral. Reviewing how the job role is described to avoid gender connotated terminology or make sure that um, maybe some blind interviews, some blind screening to resumes is applied. Other types of hard initiatives can be to review the performance management system to make sure that it's really balancing skills and behaviors that are not only male connotated. So if there is, for example, a strong input on success, on uh, winning, on, let's say, aggressive skills, this is often matching male stereotype and is attracting more male in a role or is favoring male in a performance review. So let's say that reviewing the, the way people are considered, judged, promoted in a workplace, plays a huge role. Among the soft uh, initiatives, what has worked very well so far in the companies I've worked with has been definitely supporting women through coaching, through mentoring, and making sure that they could uh, network properly inside the organization.
0: That's a really interesting point. You said they're soft initiatives, but are there actually programs within organizations where they set up mentorship programs, create networking opportunities, in addition to coaching programs that can support women at the individual level?
1: So we need, first of all, to distinguish between what do we want to obtain with coaching and what do we want to obtain with mentoring, because these are two different tools and both are very effective. Very often, companies use mentoring to help women find those role models that are so important for them to believe they can reach a higher position, and to receive advice. There are some uh, women-to-women mentoring programs. For example, I was the mm, director of the mentoring of Professional Women Network in the past. This was about matching women from different industries, different companies, But still, in mentoring, there is a strong component of advising the person on how to progress and um, somehow being a role model for that. Coaching instead um, has a different scope. Coaching creates a safe space where the woman can vent out frustration, but also a place on which to go in depth, to raise awareness on what are my limiting beliefs, what are my inner obstacles, and how is also the system around me contributing or creating obstacles for my growth? And how can I act on it? So um, a coach can be a great ally to develop your own action plan, And exactly because very often, um, like a coach is not directive, the coach doesn't give advices. You will realize as a coachee that you have all the resources inside yourself. You have the talents, you have the skills. You just need to become aware on them. You need just to open your eyes. And this is very, very
0: transformational. Well, I'm really glad that we're talking about coaching and the role of coaching in all of this. And I wonder if you could talk a bit more about the larger impact of investing in coaching for women leaders and women employees in general. So, first of all, what are the main benefits
1: that women can derive from from coaching, just to restate them? Self-awareness on their strengths an action plan on how to use these strengths and how to make them become talents, and therefore more self-confidence in using those strengths and bringing them in their workplace. You can easily understand how this has an impact on performance. So very often women uh, find through coaching the way to work on how to use their skills, In the workplace and improve performance in their role. I would say that a company that really wants to maximise the impact needs to act in a systemic way, so needs to create context that is inclusive for the woman. If the leaders are not coached on how to improve their level of inclusivity, how to create an inclusive context, obviously the impact is reduced. And I also say there could be a boomerang effect because if I'm a woman, I become aware of my strengths and I don't find an inclusive context, I might want to quit that company and move towards a more inclusive company. So the companies that are seeing the highest level of impact are the ones that are acting systemically. Another very interesting study was really measuring the impact on turnover for women coming back from maternity leave. So women having maternity coaching during and after their maternity leave, were more keen on staying in that company and undertaking a higher level of responsibility even after maternity, which is something that instead very often doesn't
0: happen. This research is so interesting, and I wonder if you have an example of a coaching success story, either from the individual or organizational perspective. Kate, yes.
1: We have many clients that are working with us in uh, coaching women leaders and their managers. One of them is a legal consulting firm, which is one of the industries where there is less uh, gender equality. The women participating in the program were reporting more clarity on what they wanted, more understanding on what could help them to achieve their goals, a higher level of self-confidence and uh, the capability to overcome their limited belief. So this has been one of the main results that has uh, helped the participants of this programme to thrive in their company.
0: Well, that's a really great example because I I used to be a lawyer and I actually left the legal profession for exactly those reasons, feeling excluded and feeling, you know, that there wasn't a place to be heard. And this was 15 years ago, but I'm so happy to hear that companies are investing in this and particularly in industries where women have traditionally been excluded simply because it's a more male-dominated space.
1: Yes, Kate. And imagine if you, as a lawyer could have had a coach in that moment, supporting in developing your executive presence, asserting yourself, uh, being aware of your skills, and also imagine if you could have discovered that there were other women in the same context living the same challenges, because another point that is super relevant is to network and create a sort of team spirit, but also I believe a dialogue very often the issue around inclusivity is that we are not aware when we are excluding people. We are not aware because the biases are, again, very unconscious. So the push um, in this phase um, is really towards creating a dialogue and not creating bubbles where women just vent out frustration with other women, but a situation in which we can both share what we need and find the ways to let each other explore how to thrive together in a workplace.
0: Yes, I love that. And it's it's so profound too to think about bringing these issues to light. And I think as a a woman who did suffer in this environment, you almost feel secluded and alone. And coaching is such a powerful way to connect people with their truth and then create space to share that with others, which that in itself creates so much momentum within an organization.
1: Yes, and again, I restate that it's a matter of curiosity, in my opinion. So just to go a little bit beyond the women topic, I would like to bring a case of inclusion that, for me, is really an highlight. A company that has 60 deaf people among its employees, these deaf people were not put in, the, in a condition in which they could thrive and bring their whole set of capabilities in the workplace, what the diversity manager did in that case was just to listen to them and to curiously ask to them, what can we do to make you work better? And they discovered that those people were having their own syntaxes. So to help them work better was not enough just to send them a lot of written material, but was necessary a proper solution to respect their diversity and making sure that they could yet uh, bring their contribution. I believe that this example is really what we need to apply to every category, gender, LGBTQI, uh, disabilities, because it's about realizing what makes this person unique and how can I help this person to bring her unique self or his unique self in the workplace? And this, again, is valid for for each and every one. Well, thank you very much, Valeria,
0: for speaking with us today. Thank you very much for having me here as a guest. And you can download Valeria's ebook, Supporting Women Leaders Through the Employee Life Cycle at coachhub.com. You can subscribe to Spark Leadership on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want more information about Coach Hub programs for your organization, please connect with us at coachhub.com. Thank you all for listening to Spark Leadership. Please join us in two weeks for the next episode. From everyone at Coach Hub Studios, have a great day.